This is the Shanice Lewis Show, the number one podcast for plus-size women. With your host, the queen of curvy conversation, Shanice Lewis. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Shanice Lewis. Today is a Monday, October 28th, 2019. Make sure you're following this show's social media pages on Facebook at The Shanice Lewis Show and on Instagram and Twitter at Shanice Show. And make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. Today, we have a very special guest, Stephanie Breedy Edwards is a fashion, wardrobe, and personal stylist based in Brooklyn, New York. In 2009, she established her business, Stephanie Ellen, LLC, which empowers women of all sizes to change their perception of themselves and enable them to tap into their selves through wardrobe and accessories. She has provided stylings for Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week, Full Figured Fashion Week, Ashley Stewart, promotional-based events for Lane Bryant, editorial styling for Plus Model Magazine, and has been a guest wardrobe stylist for the Nate Burkus Show. In November 2017, she was appointed fashion editor for Curves Be Real Magazine, and Stephanie is nominated as Female Stylist of the Year for the inaugural Full Figured Industry Awards, November 2nd in New York. Let's welcome Stephanie to the show. Hi. Hello. Hey, Shanice. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Of course. Of course. This is awesome. Thank you for having me. So did you grow up just loving fashion when you were younger? Did you buy all the fashion magazines and was in the school fashion show? I, okay, so here's True disclosure, I went to Brainerd High School in Cincinnati, Ohio, and fashion was sort of secondary to my music studies, but the thing about fashion when I was in high school, I didn't want to look like anybody else, so I started to, like, kind of create my own style and make my own clothes and sort of stand out in a different sort of way. Nothing truly extravagant, but it was just different different than everybody else, what everybody else was wearing. So, um, but I do believe that fashion has always been a part of my DNA. I just have always had like a different way of expressing it. You know what I mean? Like I, my fashion trends were not what everybody else was wearing. I'll say that. I'll say that. So what type of things that you wore in high school that was different from everybody else? Okay, full disclosure, I was kind of into the MC Hammer pants. Like, I'm a kid of the, the 80s. I, I mean, I was born in the 70s, but it was in high school in the 80s. And my mother called them diaper pants. And I was like, these are hot. These are, ho- these are dope. These are fly. Nobody else is wearing them. They called them, um, like, genie pants or, um, like I said, the MC Hammer pants or diaper pants or whatever. Um, and I just kind of had, like, a, a mixture of, Preppy, boho, um, a little edgy. I mean, keep in mind I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio, so my level of edginess had uh, um, not full on, you know, like you know, New York grungy kind of thing. But I had my own essence of edginess back in the '80s in Cincinnati, Ohio. So I made my own kind of 
my own kind of style. So where I, I stood out, people looked at me like, what is she wearing? But they was like, but Stephanie is cool. We're just not sure what she was wearing. That kind of thing. But my mother was like, as long as you leave the house fully clothed, I'm okay. <laughs> right. Like hanging out or anything like that. But I definitely kind of created my own, my own vibe when I was in high school. So did you relocate to New York to pursue a career in music and fashion? I did. Well, initially, when I graduated high school in um, 1988, I moved to Atlanta initially just to kind of get acclimated to bigger city living, if you will, but still have an essence of home and family and sort of you know, still sort of a laid-back environment. Like, I knew I wasn't ready for New York straight out of high school coming from Cincinnati, Ohio. So I spent some time in Atlanta, and then I moved to New York. So um, I think that was a better transition for me as far as being able to acclimate to, you know, living in a bigger city coming from Ohio, coming from Cincinnati, Ohio. So what year did you arrive in New York? I came to New York in 1992, so I've been in New York for 27 years. So I feel like I'm native at this point. I think I, I think my roots are here at this point. And so your first job in fashion when you got to New York was with Milano Blahnik? Milano? Am I saying yeah. it right? <laughs> Manolo Blahnik. <laughs> um, my first actual fashion job, um, I interned for a designer who was actually originally from Cincinnati, Ohio. And that story goes as his mother met my mother at the hair salon in Cincinnati. And you know, it was kind of like one of those mother mommy jump in moments where my daughter was in New York and she's trying to be a designer. And his mom was like, well, my son is a designer in New York. Maybe they can connect or whatever. So my first internship was with, um, who is now a, a gentleman who is a friend of mine now, a purse closer friend, Michael McCollum, and he was co-designer for Isaiah back in the um, early 80s, um, and he has since moved on to do some other things, but he was my first actual fashion job in an actual design studio, um, and then I moved on to work with Baron Lars, um, who's a, an amazing black designer um, who did, like, the first black Barbie um, and then after some time after I graduated from, from FIT, um, I did go to work for Manola Blahnik for 15 years as production and distribution manager. So I've, I've, I've kind of got my foundation um, in, the, in the industry back working with, Manola, with uh, Michael and then moving up, you know, working with Byron and then really truly building a strong, you know, resume working with Manola Blahnik for 15 years. So how did you transition from working nine to five jobs to being a freelance fashion stylist? Ooh, girl, how long do we have? Um, 30 <laughs> minutes? Um, well, I mean, honestly, you know, I really was very privileged and honored to work at Monopoly for as long as I did. Um, but, you know, it kind of gets to a point in relationship, if you will, you know, it's time to break up. And um, I didn't know exactly what move I would make, but it was around the time when um, there was a show called The Rentals or Project, 
on Bravo. And I was just curious, just watching it and seeing, you know, what it was about. Because I'd heard the term stylist before, but I didn't know exactly what that entailed because it was more about fashion editors and buyers and stuff, and stylists were more so like behind the scenes. Um, and so after watching that, um, and it was like around the time of my transition with Manolo, um, I started, was like, okay, it started to pique my curiosity. So um, under the encouragement of my husband, I went back to FIT to study image consulting as well as fashion styling. So, you know, he, my husband said, he's like, well, babe, you know, you're a curvy girl and you dress well and people like your style. Maybe you could do that for other plus size women, you know, but, you know, what does that look like sort of thing? So then that's when I started to, you know, pursue uh, furthering my education, like I said, going back to FIT to learn other body types and learn more about color and, you know, trend forecasting a bit and being able to dress, learn how to dress other bodies other than my own. So um, that was sort of the foundation of the transition um, back in, that was in 2009. And, um, you know, had the opportunity to work with Full Fear Fashion Week and meet Maddie from Plus Model Magazine and get a little more acclimated to the plus fashion industry um, and then start to build my foundation as a stylist there. So that's basically in a nutshell, like how it happened for me. So how did you discover the plus size community? You mentioned Full Figure Fashion Week and Plus Model Magazine, but how did you even know that they exist uh, when you were trying to do this? Did you have to do your research or were you already active in the community? I wasn't active at all, only just from a consumer point of view, quite honestly. I mean, I've been a Lane Bryant client forever. And, you know, apart from making clothes on my own and just trying to navigate, you know, other retail stores, like trying to find clothing over a size 14 was a bit of a challenge. So it was just like, you know, the universe was collided, if you will. I found out about Full Figure Fashion Week later in the year. I missed it when it, um, in its inaugural year in 2009. Um, but fast forward to 2010, um, you know, just sort of networking. And it was around the time, honestly, where there was um, an emergence of bloggers and, you know, that sort of influence uh, in the plus community. Curvy events were going on all over, and I just started to, like, network and talk to everybody and anybody that would listen and I said you know I was like I want to be this plus stylist I don't know what that looks like but I want to do it and and then 2010 I was able to volunteer at Full Figure Fashion Week um, Maddie from Plus Model Magazine was on a panel um, during that year and like you said the research and just trying to figure out like who are the plus stylists is plus stylists even a thing like what does that really look like? Um, and literally just kind of beating the pavement to see, like, what can I do? How can I be a part of this industry? So it was a lot of volunteering, a lot of just talking to anybody and everybody that would listen. Um, because, I mean, as big as the community was at the time, it was still small enough to where you could engage with people and, and kind of get a little more insight as to what the community was about. I was familiar with Mode Magazine. Um, I had a subscription, and, you know, I recognized a lot of the faces. So, you know, I knew the industry wasn't something that was brand new, but as far as, like, broadening it 
you know, with social media and all of that kind of, it was a totally different atmosphere at the time that I started. So it gave me access and the information was a little more um, accessible and people were much more accessible at the time so that I could, you know, get in there and network and let people know what I wanted to do and create other opportunities for myself. Now, when you say people were more accessible at the time, do you think that same thing could not happen in 2019? Um, it can, but the 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 level is a little different. I want to say because there are more influencers now, there are more bloggers, there are more platforms now that people are just kind of, you know, even if they don't have the immediate access, they're just creating it on their own. You know, creating things on their own. We didn't have um, we didn't have uh, Instagram now. We didn't have Snapchat and all that kind of stuff. We didn't have that platform then. The only thing we had then was um, I want to say it was just Facebook, you know. And, and obviously Google's been around forever, but you know it was just a different sort of accessibility then, um, you know. And also too, there were different meetups and different, you know, smaller entities that were created to kind of give better accessibility. Now, you know, you go through the DMs and, you know, you, if you have 100,000 followers and people are hitting your DMs every day, you're not necessarily going to get a response. But back then when social media was just coming up, it was a better opportunity to get a response from, you know, an individual blogger and influencer to try to make a connection um, you know, as far as as far as making, uh, you know, advancing your career and trying to get started, it's definitely different now than it was then. Now, to flip it a little bit, I want you mm-hmm. to tell the emerging plus size models listening how important it is to have a professional stylist when building your portfolio, because so many um will skip over a stylist because they think, well, I'm, you know, I can dress myself. I'm a stylish girl. Mm-hmm. I get compliments all the time. But tell us why it's so important when building a portfolio. Sure. Um in in addition to pulling is to pay attention to the clothing. It's not the not the makeup artist job stylist job or responsibility with regards to wait so you're, the, you're breaking up you're breaking up sorry. I didn't move um making sure all the buttons are buttoned making you know nothing out of place making sure that there are no wrinkles like that's not the role of the photographer or anybody else on set it's the stylist role to pay attention to those details and honestly, you know, a lot of models, some some of them are not familiar with being on set or, or being in a professional photo shoot, and you can see the pensive thoughts. You can see, you know, the expressions on their face where they're not really focused on what they're doing, but they're concerned about, okay, is my skirt pulled down, like all those kinds of things, and it shows up in the image. So if you have a professional, uh, mo- uh, sorry, professional stylist on set, that's the role of them to make sure, like, okay, you know, you've got this, you know, your your outfit looks good, everything is in place, nothing is showing, no bra straps, no spanks are being revealed, all your buckles are buttoned, everything is zipped up and in place, you know, and things are even, you know, that's our role on set, you know, in addition to providing great clothing and wardrobe and accessories, 
you know, it's just to make sure that everything is sort of fine-tuned and there's an element of finesse um, that comes through on the image so that the model, the photographer, hair, and makeup people don't have to worry about. And oftentimes, stylists are sort of minimized. We're like, oh, yeah, like you said, I can pick out clothes. You know, I'm a stylist in everyday life. But, you know, a, a, a stylist can bring that little element of, you know, elevation, uh, uh, elevation that can take your picture to a whole nother level, something that you don't necessarily think about because you're thinking in terms of dressing your body for everyday life. But for a photo shoot, you know, our job is to elevate it and to, you know, to bring life to an image, you know, in and also, I, I find that some uh, girls that dress themselves for photo shoots like to be super sexy, and that's not mm-hmm. necessarily the pictures you want in your portfolio. Right, right. I mean, you have to have a balance of a lot of things. Like, and on if you're if you're a signed model, your agent is going to specify certain things that you need to have in your portfolio in order for you to get booked. And if you're a new a new uh, model and you don't have the experience of being on a professional photo shoot set, you know, sometimes you're only thinking in terms of social media. And, you know, while there's a huge, tremendous crossover between agency models and Instagram models, you I, you still need to have a polished look at the end of the day. And sometimes not necessarily going to get you that gig with that big client that you want. So even if you're not signed to an agency, a professional stylist can help you elevate your images so that you can book that client without having been signed to an agency. Now, as a uh, fashion stylist, have you had any bad experiences with people lying about their measurements? Because people love to lie about what size they wear. Lord, if you could, I, my head is hanging low because yes, that is that has definitely happened. Um, you know, while I'm a fan of spandex and <clears throat> and lycra and things that give you a good stretch, that is not always realistic. And so there's a uh, how can I say? I'll give it. I'll say it as an element of delusion as to what size people really wear. And, you know, and that is, that's with Spanx, that's without Spanx, like it's all of it. So I, I would always ask clients to, you know, get a tape measure, go on YouTube and figure out what your measurements really are. And sometimes I even ask for a range, you know, what are your measurements without Spanx? What are your measurements with Spanx? You know, because you can, you can suck in a good two, three inches sometimes. <laughs> With 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 the proper shapewear, and you know I'm bringing you telling me you're a size 14, you know, and and spank, so that's what I pull for you, and then in reality you're an 18, then we're gonna have a problem on set because the clothing isn't gonna measure up, it's not gonna fit. So rather than you know have anyone be embarrassed, you know I ask for like true measurements without your spanks, and then we can work from there. Because on set I'd rather the pieces be too big. And I, you know, clip it and make those necessarily necessary adjustments, then have it be too small and, you know, you're tugging and pulling and you look uncomfortable and nothing fits. So I've definitely had that scenario and I try to avoid it as much as possible, but <laughs> I can only and, do so much. <laughs> right, right. 
And so you have added designer to your resume and you've launched a line of kimonos. Now tell us about that. Yes. Yay. <laughs> um, so that's a, I've always, I've always been sewing. So anyone that knows me and has kind of watched me over the past few years, they've always seen me like a maxi skirt, maxi dresses. Cause that's my thing. But um, in the spring of this year, um, I decided to create something different, and it was based on a piece of fabric that I bought, and it was the last of the bolt. And I said, well, it's too sheer for a skirt, too sheer for a top. Let me see what else I can do. So I made this kimono duster thing, and I wore it to um, the Essence Carnival that was here in New York at the end of April. And I got a lot of positive feedback from it. Um, Stylish Curves had had showed it on her um, Insta story. And people were asking, well, where did you get it from? What's going on? How can we get that? And I really didn't pay much attention to it um, because it was just a piece I made for myself. And then fast forward a few weeks, I was just, let me just see, you know, what what else I can create from it. And I made this another kimono and... You know, people were just kind of raving about it. And I was like, well, maybe this is a thing. And people literally just started sending me, they're like, well, what's your, what's your uh, cash up? What's your Venmo? How can we get this piece? How can we get it? And from there, it's, it's just kind of taking on a life of its own. I had my first trunk show in Atlanta back in August. Um, I presented in the uh, Fuller Woman Expo in Detroit um, in September, my first fashion show featuring my own pieces. And so, I mean, design has always been a part of my background, but I didn't realize something that was so simplistic could, you know, launch me into this other stratosphere that I, I, I did not foresee coming. So I'm truly, truly grateful to this date I've had over 150 orders that I've made myself. Um, oh wow! You know, because every yeah, everything is custom, and you know, it's based on your size and your height, um, and you know what colorway you want to go with. Each client picks out their own um, swatch based on you know their their personal choice. Um, so it's 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 a unique business that I've sort of created. Um, and I'm grateful for it because people love it. They like the exclusivity of it. Even if somebody has the same print, it's unique to them because it's made to their height and their specific measurements. So um, I'm truly, truly thankful. And I'm, you know, excited to see what can happen in 2020. I have some other ideas up my sleeve. And we're going to see what we can do with it to move it forward. So, so do yeah. you ship them out? Can somebody listening yeah. contact you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Um, I just, my most recent shipment was to Germany. Um, I've, I ship all over the U.S. You know, you just tell me where you are. We'll figure it out as long as FedEx and UPS can get you there and the U.S. Postal Service can get you there. I can ship it out. That's not a problem. Not a problem at all. And so is this a website to go to? How to contact you to get your kimonos? Um, right now, um, I have a website, um, but it's just direct. I'm sorry, directly connected to my www.stephanieallen.com, and there is a link to the Stephanie Allen Limited Kimono um, order page. So you can go there. Um, you know, where you just list your your height, your size, what length you want, whether it's midi length or maxi. Uh, you submit the deposit. You tell me your colorway. 
that you're looking for, and then I send you pick swatches based on what you're looking for. And I usually keep it limited to, like, four or five swatches because we never decide. Like, we can't get overwhelmed. Like, I'll never be able to decide which print I want. So um, I try to keep it limited so, um, you know, no one is truly, truly overwhelmed. And it seems to work. And that usually around a week and a week and a half to two weeks, I'm able to get it out just depending upon the number of orders I have or the shoots that I have going on. But um, so far, everyone has been truly satisfied, you know, with their piece. They're sending me pictures. They're posting it on their own. Honestly, the kimonos have been on more vacations than I have. They've been to Greece, <laughs> um, Jamaica, Mexico, <laughs> you know, Miami, all over. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm still in Brooklyn. How come I'm not going anywhere? <laughs> well, but congrats on starting that new business. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you're, thank also, you. The, um, you're also the fashion editor for Curves Be Real magazine. Now, how did that come about? Um, that was started uh, with a photographer, um, Ken Robbins did a photo campaign back in 2016 into 17 where he shot uh, all plus models and did a gallery style, did the imagery gallery, gallery style where they were in uh, window storefronts in uh, Chelsea here in New York City. And one of the models, uh, Trisha Campbell, she was a part of the campaign and they were talking. He's like, I really want to move this into a magazine. But I need a stylist, you know, someone that can bring, um, you know, fashion forward pieces. So she mentioned my name to him. He did his research and he reached out to me. And um, we were kind of having the same sort of conversation about wanting to see plus models, plus size women in high end, you know, fashion editorials because most of the work that the plus models get. It's commercial, you know, it's, it's e-com work, you know, and nothing wrong with that because that pays the bills, but the imagery just had not been there as far as a high-end look, high-end editorial looks. So um, we just, we did a test one day and we just kind of hit off and um, we have, we did about a year and a half worth of work and we're on hiatus right now just trying to like navigate, get the you know proper wardrobe, the proper girls to be able to tell the story, but being able to create images um, that I'd never really seen before for Plus, you know, was a beautiful experience. And a lot of us have always been excited to do this kind of work, um, but, you know, it needs to be a full, a full team effort. And, you know, with only myself, Ken and my, my friend Derek, who does hair and makeup, it was just the three of us kind of running this, you know, it's just kind of like, okay, where can we go next? And so we took a little break so we can kind of come back together and figure out how to move forward with the magazine to be able to continue to show, you know, plus women, plus models in a high-end editorial light. And it was definitely, it's still, it's still a, one of my biggest accomplishments. Um, and, you know, I'm very proud of the work that we've created and I'm seeing what we can, you know, looking forward to what we can do in 2020 with Curves Be Real. And another exciting thing that is happening for you is you've been nominated for Female Stylist of the Year Award at the inaugural Full Figured Industry Awards. Now, how excited are you about that? Girl, first of all, (laughs) I... 
such a behind-the-scenes person and to have the acknowledgement of, you know, an industry that I've served for, you know, 10 years now is truly, truly a blessing. And to be nominated with, you know, Susan Moses, who is a mentor of mine, and with Corinne, who, you know, I've mentored and, you know, we've coached, we all of us have coached each other through this journey. And just to be in this category and to have my work um, acknowledged and recognized is a true, true, true blessing. And I'm excited, um, you know, just to be there, be amongst my peers. And, you know, this this is something that's new for me. So I, I'm I'm very geek. My mother's coming. Like, my husband's going to be there. <laughs> It's like the Emmys, the Grammys, the Oscars, all of that rolled into one for me. So, <laughs> as they say, I'm just happy to be nominated. So, my name oh, is the that's program, awesome. but that makes me happy. <laughs> oh, dude, that's awesome. Well, congratulations yeah, on sure. that nomination. And Thank so, you. Um, what is the ultimate goal with your career and your brand? That's a good question. Um Every day, you know, I pray for guidance as far as to how to expand, how to, you know, continue my outreach, uh, to be an example, to be a lead, an inspiration to anyone and everyone, um, you know, that has an interest in, you know, the plus community and this plus industry, um, you know, as a plus size woman, you know, I can speak to the challenges of, you know, getting dressed on a daily basis. Um, as an industry, you know, leader, I'll say, you know, recognizing the challenge of being an example and showing positivity, you know, for this community. Um, and then as a designer, just, you know, looking forward to, you know, what else I can can create that will inspire the people to get dressed in the morning. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's, it's a lot to navigate. Um, but I just know that I want to be a positive force um, and a positive representation of what it's like to be a positive plus size black woman in this world. And, um, you know, I just want to keep doing what I'm doing you know, God's willing, he'll expand my territory, I can do other things, but if, as long as I'm, you know, doing what I know to do um, and being true and authentic to myself, then I know, you know, whatever I, whatever is left for me, whatever else is there for me that I haven't seen yet, that I haven't been able to create the vision for, if what I'm doing is great now, I know whatever else is in the future is going to be even better, so... It's, I know that's kind of like a weird, ambiguous answer, but I, I just, I just kind of take it day by day because certainly I didn't expect to be where I am right now, um, but I'm grateful for every moment in this journey. So I just want to keep it positive, keep it authentic, be the best that I can be. So we, we all going to be on this journey together. So wherever I come up with next, I hope y'all going to ride along with me. That's how I feel. <laughs> Absolutely. And do you have anything else happening we can be on the lookout for? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yes. I um, I plan to participate um, in uh, a shopping event here in New York City. Um, I think it's right after Thanksgiving. You know, they have the Small Business Saturdays event. 
um, and I'm in partnership with uh, with Glenn DeVoe and DeVoe Signature Events for um, a support small business Saturday shopping event um, here in New York on November 30th. Um, and then just cranking out more kimonos for gifts for the holiday season. You can, you know, hit me up on Instagram at Stephanie Allen Limited, uh, DM me or Steffi Full Style on Instagram, you know, if you're interested in a kimono or any other pieces. Um, and so that's, that's sort of where I am to sort of wrap up this year. And, um, and in January, definitely I'm going to kind of take a little moment down and, know, hatch some bigger plans as far as new designs, new fabrications, um, and, and just seeing what else I can put out there that people would gravitate to. And do you um do you still have gigs singing? Is that something you still I have? I do. I do. I know, right? Everybody's like, what else? Girl, what don't you do? Do you fix cars? And I'm like, that's the only thing I can't do. <laughs> Um, but yes, um, I, I had a, a friend of mine who <clears throat> we had a show a couple of weeks ago here in New York at the Bitter End, and she reminded me that I've been singing with her for 20 years, and but in reality, I've been singing all of my life, and um, so being able to exercise that muscle and ex- exercise that talent has really been a blessing. Um, I've performed all over New York City. I've uh, the Copacabana, uh, the Blue Note, um, Westland, the Wetlands, SOBs, um, you know, a lot of beautiful uh, venues here in New York City that I've, you know, had the opportunity to have the grace to have the, had the opportunity to grace the stages on. And, um, you know, whenever those musical opportunities come along, I'm very, very grateful because I sort of miss it. You know, as that's been a part of my foundation, like I said, I went to a performing arts high school and uh, vocal music was my major and but not really pursuing that directly. Um, you know, it it's a little void for me So when I do have those moments to perform on stage, even if it's just background that, you know, I can, you know, shed a little energy that way, too. I don't just sit behind a sewing machine. I don't just, you know, style these photo shoots and play with clothes all day. I also have a, a musical instrument. Well, you have, again. you have a lot going on. So thank you for taking the time because you, obviously you're very busy with your multiple projects. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So before you yes, go, ma'am. tell us your official website and your social media pages one more time. Sure, no problem. So it's uh, www.stephanieallen.com, and Stephanie is spelled S-T-E-F-F-A-N-Y-A-L-L-E-N.com. And then my IG Instagram is um, Steffi Full Style, S-T-E-F-F-Y. F-U-L-L-L-T-Y-L-E, and then Stephanie Allen Limited, and that page features my kimonos and maxi skirts and, um, you know, all the stuff that I'm making there. So that's, that's, that's the number one place to find me. That's the number one place to find me. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Continued success with everything you have going on, and congrats again on your nomination. Thank you, Shanice. I appreciate it. Will you be there on Saturday? I'm not going to be able to make it, but 
Oh. I'll be there in spirit. Okay, well I'll miss you. Yes, yeah, so I'll be I'm gonna be looking on your Instagram for the pics. So post a lot oh, of yes, pics. Oh yes, for sure. <laughs> yes, for sure, for sure, for sure. All right, well enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for having me. All right, bye bye. Bye bye. And thank you to my guest Stephanie. Make sure you check her kimonos out and we're wishing her the best at the full figure industry awards thank you for tuning in and supporting as always i've been your host this evening shanice lewis until next time keep thriving in your curves and be blessed you've been listening to the shanice lewis show for more info about the show visit shanicelewisshow.com With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.